0: Good morning and welcome to the Over Years Anonymous 7 a.m. Eastern Time Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G and I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, November 22, 2022. Today we are reading in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the beginning of the chapter, We Agnostics. On the first paragraph on page 44, Starting with, in the preceding chapters you have learned, ending with a spiritual experience will conquer, just unpacking that one paragraph. Today's readers are, and thank you to Team Tuesday, Kathy S., Dara L., Vanessa G., Gloria B., Stacy H., Newcomer Greeter, Susan S. H., and the host for the second awesome Unrecorded, unrecorded Hour, Matt J. F. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, November twenty-first, two thousand and twenty-two, seven a.m. Eastern Time, nineteen thousand six hundred and fifty-nine. That's one nine six five nine. And for the ten a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 9, 6, 6, 19,660. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Gloria B. to read the 12 steps.
1: Please go ahead, Gloria. Good morning, everyone. This is Gloria B. in Missouri, grateful
2: recovering compulsive overeaters. 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives to the share of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our mind. Six, our entire reign has had remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons he had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people that if possible, helped him to do so would danger them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and, when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Well, having had a spiritual listening as a result of these steps, we, we try to carry not message if it's possible, but and to practice these principles in all our affairs. It's been my pleasure to deserve it. Great right hey,
0: Thank you so much, Gloria. I will now ask for Stacey H. to please read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Stacey.
3: Hi, these are our 12 traditions. Um, one, our common welfare should come first We need always maintain personal anonymity anonymity at at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for allowing me to do service.
0: Thank you so much, Stacey H. Okay, how our meeting
3: works. Our meeting
0: focuses on the direction for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are starting out the new the chapter, We Agnostics, on page 44, the first paragraph. And I'm going to ask Kathy S. to get us started. Can't wait, Kathy. Please go ahead.
4: Thanks, Amy. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. Chapter 4, We Agnostics. In the preceding chapters, you have learned something of alcoholism. We hope we have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. If, when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if, when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably alcoholic. If that be the case you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. And I'm um, just going to set my timer on this one. I just I feel led to just start with the, the, the very title, We Agnostics. One thing that I've learned in this book um, is just the, the divine inspiration that Bill had with his words. I thought for the longest time when I first came into this program that this chapter has nothing to do with me because I came in here with a faith in God. I don't need this chapter, but it says we, agnostics. And if I'm suffering from this illness, what I have found, I have a problem here, and I really need to see this. (laughs) So agnostic, When I looked up, it's someone who doesn't know whether there is a God or if such thing is knowable. So it has to do with knowing versus atheist, which just doesn't believe in the existence of God. It has to do with theos or theology. but the idea of knowing, that was my problem. I didn't know God. And, um, and that one thing about that word, you know, to know, is to have an intimate understanding, especially in biblical terms. It was very deep and it was a very personal relationship. And, and that is, after all, the solution that I needed. Because my honest truth was, I mean, yeah, I had faith. It was all. Up there, I, I studied about God and everything, but but yet I turned to food when I was in crisis, when I was scared, when I couldn't deal with my emotions. My problem was I had no idea, and I'm learning it even today, that how infinitely loved that I am. And if I knew that, I wouldn't have to worry. I wouldn't turn to food. I would take care of myself. So, you know, just like we have to humble Like it says, and speaking of knowing, going deeper into the paragraph, how do you know you're a real compulsive overeater? And if you have a problem, you just follow those questions. If when you honestly want to, you can't quit entirely. Or if when, in our case, eating, you have little control over the amount you take, then yeah, that's me. And, And step one required that humility, that I'm powerless. Step two, and even understanding my need for God is a very humbling experience. I don't know God. And I have to be humble enough to admit that. And then I have an open mind to really come to a whole new understanding. And for me, I had to wipe out all my old childhood beliefs that God was judging me, that, that God was against me or teaching me lessons instead of my idea today, that God is love, that God is for me, that God is going to any opportunity, any situation has already been sifted through his fingers, and he's going to give me everything I need to follow through in it and to, and to get to the other side so I don't have to fear. God is good, and every, he's causing all things to come together to that end. And, um, and that already ends my time, so thank you for this opportunity to reflect on this very important paragraph and chapter with that I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Kathy. Uh, What a great way to get us started. Okay, so we're going to take down names that people would like to share on what was read. But first, let me give you a friendly reminder that although we value your experience, strength, and hope very much, if you shared in the last two days, that would be um, Monday or Friday, we ask that you step aside and allow others to share their experience, strength, and hope so we can hear everybody. So who would like to share on what was read? Kelly S. Linda Marie. Ann Marie K. Rena L. Rena L. Ann Marie K. Ann Marie K.
1: Lisa N. Okay. Lisa M. Stephanie Marisa. R.
0: Stephanie R. There's somebody before Sheila Stephanie. C. Who was
1: that? Sheila? Sheila C. Yeah. Sheila C. Gotcha. Anyone else? Okay. Great lineup here. Kelly S.,
0: Linda D., Greena L., Anne Marie K., Lisa N., Stephanie R., and Sheila
1: C. Okay. Kelly, let's keep it going. You're up. Hey guys, hey Amy, thanks for your
5: service. It's Kelly S, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Grateful to be here. Um, great opening share, thanks Kathy. Um, so yeah, I love this paragraph. And like she said, you know, it's like if somebody's like, well, I'm not sure if I'm a compulsive eater. Well, not only, of course, the disease is a great persuader. Um, I will say these two questions um, wrap it up here. And you know, if you honestly want to, and you can't, fi- you find you cannot quit entirely. I wanted to so bad, so bad, and I tried and tried and tried, and I tried everything that I knew worked before program and and after program. And the truth is, I've been here over half my life, so I've tried a lot of things in program, you know, and um, things we share on the line all the time. You know, perfect sponsor, perfect meeting, perfect food plan, perfect whatever and I wanted it so bad, and can I quit entirely? You know, to me, that means, you know, I'd always end up going back. I'd always end up going back no matter how bad I wanted to. And if when drinking, do I have little control over the amount? Um, So for me, I have, you know, behaviors are big things. So when I get into my behaviors, it just sets up that phenomenon of craving, and that was my last piece of surrender. Because I'm like, how can a behavior do that? You know, that's so stupid. Well, guess what? It may be stupid. My disease is stupid. But for whatever reason, when I start these behaviors, you know, it's like a snowball. It's like throwing a match on a flame. And then pretty soon I'm just out of control again. I'm back into the food. So one of the things that I hear that that really resonates and and really spoke to me a year and a half ago, it's not anything new, you guys. Never is. But, you know, it's not about the fact that I didn't want it not about lack of power of desire it's about lack of power lack of power and so all these things i'm doing and i and i had not really got that message was to access this power i'm working these steps i'm using these tools so i can get this relationship with god for those strange mental blank spots we've been talking about this very last time so if that case you may be suffering from an illness which only only a spiritual experience will conquer, which is why I have to work these steps. But the promise in this last sentence is, it will conquer it. It will conquer it. That's how we become recovered, you guys. But we have to work the steps. We have to do the work to get this experience that it's talking about. But what hope? What promise? That if we are to that place, I am to that place. I am desperate, and I was dying, and it was progressing, and I and I identified in, and, and I finally worked the steps knowing it was a process and an experience and I needed a relationship with God so that God and I could have a working partnership to finally conquer this. I'm never cured, never cured, but I can live in a recovered state today. And with this experience today,
0: I'm doing so. Glad to be here. Thanks, Amy. Thank you so much. Kelly S. All righty. Linda D.
1: You're up, followed by Rena L. Go ahead, Linda. Linda.
6: Hi, Amy. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. I don't even know where to begin. Okay, I'll begin at the beginning. Um, We're talking about experience and that, a spiritual experience, and that involves feelings. So it sounds okay. I mean, it sounds great, doesn't it? I have a choice. I'm either going to follow fear today or I'm going to follow love. Well, I'll pick love. Sometimes love is very, very hard, and I know you know that too. And a couple days ago, actually three, I lost uh, someone who meant an awful, awful lot to me. I have a deep, deep love for this individual, and it was only a tiny bird, uh, my Hamish, a little parakeet, although he thought he was a magnificent, magnificent, um, you know, parrot. (laughs) but he was just a little bird and it was deep and it was so deep. I couldn't talk. I couldn't talk on the line, but I could listen. And you guys saved me because you were talking, this was, um, Sunday, you were talking about gratitude and I was so angry. And then I was so sad and it was a roller coaster of emotions. And, and you will understand this. It brought up, the loss of my Hamish um, brought up other losses, deep, deep losses that I never would have even recognized if I wasn't so sleepy. I listened, even though I was sleepy, it was in the middle of the night. I listened to the some of the deep, deep pain that someone, a neighbor had caused years ago. And it was cruel stuff. And I got a chance by surrendering. That's the key to me surrendering to this new experience of love because it will take me deep and it will allow me to heal at a very deep level way beyond the loss of someone precious and um and also I was afraid of sounding st- like you know eccentric old lady with a loved a bird you know it's not a child i recognize that it's my child so <laughs> too bad Um, I think the thing of it is, God is really, really, really real. And I lean into that seventh step so much to save me from myself. Please, God, save me from myself. Because I've had the gift and the privilege from uh, a number of years now to, um, to share this growing experience with you guys. I can't do it without you. I need every... Every single person, eleven thousand people.
7: Okay.
6: So, thank you for saving my life with your gratitude when I couldn't speak, and I passed.
0: Thank you so much, Linda D from Connecticut. Okay, Rena a Rena A, you're up, followed by Anne Marie K. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Rena L, recovered compulsive eater oh. and
8: anorexic from Ohio. Hi, everyone um i uh you know when reading this chapter, I think about how much I thought that if I wanted it bad enough, I just had to want it just like I just wanted it to stop, like if I just want it to stop enough, why isn't that enough? You know, and I also didn't want the answer to be something as in my mind a stupid sounding for lack of a better term as a spiritual experience. Apparently, I was too smart for God. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted it to be everything else. Could I, find, I wanted to find the answer. I wanted therapy. I wanted group therapy. I wanted analysis. I wanted to understand if I could just figure out why I would stop. Well, not that therapy didn't do things for me. I certainly need it. I probably still need it. <laughs> um, but what it didn't do is arrest my disease. The only thing that's ever worked is coming to this program and surrendering. And having, for me, a very slow educational experience. I'm of the educational variety. Um, but also, the relief is quick. Like when I come back here, and now that I'm back here, and it's surrendered entirely, um, I'm free. And all of the work of trying to figure it out never gave me, really, a moment of freedom from this disease. Um, so I'm very grateful for a spiritual solution, and I will keep coming back. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Rena L. from Ohio. Okay, Anne Marie Kay, you're up, followed by Lisa N. Go ahead, Anne Marie.
9: Everybody, this is Anne Marie Kaye at recovered uh, compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania, and I'm so grateful to be here and thank everybody for doing their service. And let me tell you, I just love this chapter. Um, man, oh man. Um, I just realized I was sitting here going, man, on the, on the 24th, I'm going to have 16 months of abstinence, which I couldn't even string together. Well, you guys know this. Woo-hoo! <laughs> and uh, I'm so grateful. And You know, the amazing thing is, just like it says here, you know, we have to have a spiritual experience. And as has been said before, oh, you know, I've been through parochial school and I went, you know, to the church and all of this, those things, but I never had a spiritual experience. And I'm so glad that Bill fought so desperately to keep the God part of this in this book. And also in as much as he said, hey, with the help of his friends, it can be a God of your choice. It doesn't have to be mine. But there's got to be a God consciousness. And I realized that that's what's been lacking in my life all these years since the first time I walked in, in my 30s, and I'm going to be 70. Why I couldn't get this program right and it's the big book, and it's chapters like We Agnostics, and it's like Dr. Silkwood, and it's like the spiritual experience, the appendix. It's all these things. But more importantly, even than that, is that God gives me the ability to trust today what I never trusted before. And it gives me the ability to know that I have, like you said, somebody just said 11,000 people, and more. No matter where I go, I'm never alone. Because the bottom line is, if I'm not aware at one moment of my higher power, because I don't because I do service, I'm reminded immediately when I see others suffering like myself or in recovery. I'm not suffering today, thank God. Thank God, exactly. <laughs> it ain't I, it's God, you know? And I love that you know, I just it's such a wonderful feeling that all throughout the day when I talk to him, it's like I know he's the one person or one thing in my life. One entity in my life, you know, whatever you want to call it, that never judges me because he knows I'm perfect just as I am. And he wants me to know that. And that's what I've learned in this program. It doesn't really matter if, you know, I weigh 160 pounds, if I weigh 215 pounds like I do right now. Because when I weighed 160 pounds, I wasn't happy. I'm sure as heck glad I don't weigh 250 pounds anymore. And I'm sure half-glaffy that it doesn't really matter how much weight I release right now. I'm exactly where I have to be. And that is in a spiritual consciousness of my higher power and working the other's tools of of this wonderful program to give me the serenity to just stay in today. And that is such a gift. That I don't have to be in charge of anyone else's life. In fact, even not my own. It's so wonderful. I have smashed that old idea. So with that, I'll pass. Everybody have a wonderful day, unless you've made other plans, and have a great holiday. I'm out. Thank you
0: so much, Anne-Marie Kay, Uh Lisa, and you're up just uh, in a sec here. Friendly reminder, if you came on a few minutes late, we are on page 44, the beginning of We Agnostics, unpacking that first paragraph. Okay, Lisa, please go ahead. Good morning thank you for your service moderator. Um, hi everybody. Uh, this just brought me right back
10: to the time when I started away and um I had such I didn't even realize what a chip on my shoulder I had and um what cotton dust in my ears I had when I sat in those meetings for the first two years because I was convinced that I knew a lot more about who God was and what God was, and they did. And they were just kind of like watered-down spirituality. They really did. And that's just because I was so angry, I think, at my, my life and my circumstances and that I was heavy, and yet I wanted to be somebody. I wanted to be somebody, and I wanted them to all know that I knew more than them. And I didn't speak in the meetings and try to, you know, tell them what I knew, mean. But inside, I was like, you know, I read this book and I know this. And it just was so foolish. So I did that for two years. But God was, you know, he patted me on the head and he says, little Lucy, you're going to get it. And I'm patient and I'll wait for you. And I know you're seeking uh, some kind of relief. and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you with that. And so one day I got the gift of desperation. And I was really afraid, afraid. And I heard somebody talk, and I thought, I've got to get this. I've got to, somebody has to tell me what to do. And that was awesome. Because that was like my first, the first time I was willing to not believe that I knew everything. And I, I could accept that I was alcoholic. That didn't bother me. Because, uh, and I had never been in another program, but I could accept that that um, I had that because I knew my eating problem was out of control. But I couldn't accept the rest of my life, and um, I was angry about it. I think that God knew that if I just started slowly believing that I, there was somebody else that might know something more than I did, I just was open to that a little bit. He could help me, and that did happen. So, um, yeah, I am so grateful for this. Book, the program, my followers, but especially God. So thank you, everybody. For that I'll
0: Lisa, where are you from?
10: Oh, I'm from Wisconsin.
0: Okay, great. Thanks so much. Hi, Lisa. I'm probably some from Wisconsin. Okay, Stephanie R. followed by Sheila C. Go ahead, Stephanie.
11: Hi, Stephanie R. from Missouri. So grateful to be here. I wanted to claim my seat and As people were sharing, I was just thinking about something my sponsee shared with me that she heard on a special edition where religion is for those who are um, afraid of hell and spirituality is for those who have been to hell and don't want to return. And I've been to hell. In my disease, I've been to hell. And I'm so very grateful for a spiritual program that I'm able to have the serenity and the tools to not need or not even feel the um, the fear of returning to that state. I, I know that my recovery is one day at a time. And so if I am not vigilant, that hell can return quite easily. But when I use the tools, when I pray and stay close to God in everything oh practicing these principles in all my affairs um i i get a peace a serenity and a sense of god's presence with me and i'm very very grateful for that i'm very grateful for everyone on the line that shares and lets me know that number one i am not doing this alone Uh, of course i have my higher power but i have Everyone on these lines, and whenever I feel that I'm slipping back into that hell that um, brought me here, I just know I can plug in with one of you guys and and have that sense of belonging, that sense that I'm not doing this alone. And um, I'm so very grateful for that today. And I humbly say thank you all for being here, and I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. Stephanie R. from Missouri.
1: We have uh, Sheila C., and then we're going to take some more names. Go ahead, Sheila. Hi, this is Sheila. Thank you. Impulsive eater.
7: Grateful to be here. Thank you so much your service and the share. Um, Yeah, love, 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 we agnostics. And I love, I never heard that. I love the kind of clarity of that it says we, because I also came in thinking I got that wrapped up. (laughs) I have a relationship with a higher power. But quickly, or maybe slowly, learned it was definitely like a Santa Claus thing. Um, And my freedom is in surrendering to the flow of God, to Life on Life terms, and the big secret is it's the most beautiful life ever. My disease, and I have a disease, and I love how this chapter says,
12: you know, if you, you know, can't stop,
7: or you can't leave it alone, mm, you might have a disease, and nothing but a spiritual experience can help you paraphrasing, obviously, but, um, oh God, and I'm so grateful that there there is a solution. And um, I have access to a higher power every moment, every moment. Um, I so appreciate just always being reminded of that. I could not leave it alone, could not leave it alone. I would definitely have moments, times the most I could have is like a week, maybe two. And I would have moments of neutrality, but it did. Not what la- I believe me, <laughs> I have tried oh, decades in and out of this program, do it on my own, and so grateful this last time around God uh, praying praying, chill when you're in law, when you're in the program, I release you, you know the program releases you from this awful block between me and you, so I um, so appreciating. Uh, moving into this holiday with my neutrality. And I know where that depends, you know, that the maintenance of my spiritual condition, being participating every time I ask to share. I'm a little nervous, but I know I'm I'm saying yes to receiving the grace of God and that spiritual experience, that spiritual help that on my own does not last. So super grateful to be here. I'll pass with that. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Sheila. Where are you from, Sheila? Oh, uh, New York. Thank you. Okay, great. Uh, Sheila C from New York. Okay, so we're on in the chapter reagnostics, first paragraph, ready to take on
1: some more names. So if folks who'd like to share on that paragraph. Please go ahead. Anyone like to share what was read? Blanca Sarah R. from New York. Phil M. Blanca VG.
0: Daniel O. Florida. I got Sarah R. Blanca VG. That's it. Who else did I miss?
1: Terry D. from Virginia. Danielle O. Ross Al. M. Phil M. M. Daniel Oh, did I hear Daniel O, Russ M, Phil M? Phil M? Okay, we're gonna hold there and see what we got.
0: uh, We have enough time for everyone. I have Sarah L, Blanca BG, Terry B, Russ M, Daniel O, Phil M. Alrighty,
12: Sarah L, Sarah R, please go ahead. Yeah, this is Sarah R, R is in Roger. Um, from New York. Happy to be here. Um, Lots of disordered eating across all spectrums. So first of all, thank you all for your service and for being here. If you guys wouldn't be here, then I definitely wouldn't, and I would be uh, face down in whatever hole of the day that I'm in. Um, Okay, so the shares have been so powerful, and something one of the fellows was saying about being here for the vanity you know i heard this beautiful saying in one of the rooms they said trying to make my insides who i am who is sarah in the world as a human as a daughter as a friend as a sister as an aunt to match the kardashians or other people's outsides and you know that's that's was my the essence of my life you know i'm not blaming anyone i grew up with but that's just kind of the The community that I come from its it's really about the outside, most importantly, so um everything I did for so long was to to get to the Kardashians, but who could even afford their their plastic surgeons right but i didn't want to think about they look like that because of their plastic surgeons. I want to look like, and I'm using them like even just people that I know right this this quote unquote standard um elizabeth taylor once said she wished she actually looked like elizabeth taylor right the elizabeth taylor that they portrayed so um that has been my journey for a while and and you know talk and then bringing this to this this we agnostics right i grew up really religious so you know i came in and they said find a higher power i said check plus i already have it but you know really hearing this we agnostics really helped me redefine the, the relationship between my higher power. The, what my higher power was always for me and did for me has never changed. My definition, and I, I, I name my higher power he, so sorry if it offends anyone, but what I, what I, what I, the way that I would react to him and the way that I would view him is as the book literally says, Czar of the Heavens, that I was terrified to do anything wrong Um, And just bad came to me just because I did bad. You know, quote, unquote, people say, oh, you know, sinners get things coming to them. So anything I did was out of terror. But again, my my higher power was always loving and joyful and kind and really cares for me. And that's been my journey, just rediscovering that. So number one, removing the concept that my insides are fine the way they are. And maybe they can match other people's insides, you know, get inspired by people. But it doesn't have to be just because I don't look like Kim Kardashian, that I'm not okay, and also that I could connect with a higher power, rely on the higher power, and just open up the abundance that was always there for me. And now I get to live joyfully. You know, there's a few things that are are really intense in my life. In the past, I would have stuffed my face, starved myself, but for now, yes, thank you, but for now, all I can just do is just step through prayer, who and what my higher power would be. Thank you so much, and with that, I pass. Have a beautiful day.
1: Thank you so much, Sarah R. from New York. Okay, Blanca B.G., you're up, followed by Terry B. Blanca, are you there? Can I be heard? I can hear you. Please go Uh, ahead. Thank you.
13: Thank you very much for your service. Thank you all, my brothers and sisters in this. Thank you for being there. Um, This paragraph uh, took me a long time to realize just how deep this paragraph goes. You know, it talks about um, when finally I came to the realization that I had this disease. You know, it took me uh, half my life to realize that I had this disease. It started when I was very young and um i'd say probably nine years old my eating disorder started kicking in but at that time i had no connection between my emotional state and my eating and that went on for years and years and years and i know it sounds insane especially once one gets into oa not you know that's what we find out immediately that's what we work on when we realize that there is a definite connection there between our emotional and spiritual uh, condition and our eating. That when those two things, the spiritual and the mental and the emotional is off, when we're in that very dark place, I did, still did not connect it to my eating. So <clears throat> this paragraph uh, has, has taken me, you know, many, many years to uh, uncover um the truth of just how true it is and um therefore you know my life was uh was full of uh, turbulence and distorted emotions and this continued for a very long time until i found this program and uh which saved me so i continue but i must continue that path i continue it's a challenge it's a never ending challenge to not let to to say those emotions now that are calling me to eat. It's a lie. It's a lie. Those are lies that it's telling me. That recording in my brain is a lie, and it's just trying to make me feel that, and it's just trying to make me go to the food. It's not real. So as long I I've learned to continue to say that to myself when those tapes start to play. You're not real. You're just trying to. Trying to kill me because, indeed, that's what where this uh, disease will take me. And um, for the grace the, the grace of this program, I will con- I continue to work on that, and that continues to be a challenge. But it's okay because I have the support of the program.
0: So on that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Blanca. Can you
1: remind us where you're from, please? I didn't catch that. Blanca? Okay, that's no biggie. All
0: right, Terry B., you're out followed by Russ M. Please go ahead.
14: Good morning. This is Terry D from Virginia. Thank you so much, each and every one of you. I am very grateful this morning, um, waking up and wanting to listen and participate with a vision for you. This OA meeting has um, such Beauty and depth of spirit, and I was mesmerized. Is the best word I could use when I first listened. Six years, I will be six years in January. I am. I don't like. I'm, I'm admitting it now, but initially admitting that I have a disease, a compulsive overeater disease, is um, was not easy to admit. But when I realized. Uh, through through God's grace, through God's care, through your words that, um, you know, I have to admit that I am powerless. Step one, I need to get honest, uh, the principle of step one, honesty. And so every day, you know, working these steps with others and with God and with myself, um, I can in, uh, embrace, <laughs> embrace this gorgeous day, um, uh, for what it is, you know, just be here, and it's not just be here in this moment with God that is where God lives, and I need to remember it. and I do remember it from time to time, hopefully it's becoming more frequent um with the meetings, but more importantly with um the prayers and meditations and um asking God for help as often as I can, and thanking God as often as I can. I call God the divine beloved, and that's not original, but it just touches my heart that uh, God is as close as our breath. God is as close as our breath. And it's not easy to practice. Um, It's not easy to practice on a daily basis, but it just takes this one simple moment to, um, to just ask God for help and listen, listen, pause, and listen to what God says. Yes, I am. I have a disease, and uh, I embrace it most most moments today. I embrace it, and when I don't, and I fall asleep spiritually, I will be awakened um, through your words, or through the words of a stranger, or through this glorious sunlight. Or I never know how that God is going to wake me up, but I, but God does. I thank you so much. I pass. Thank
0: you so much, Terry B. from Virginia. Russ M., you're up. Please go ahead.
3: Good
15: morning, Aim. Good morning, everybody. Russ M., cover compulsive overeater from Norristown, Pennsylvania. So, you know, sometimes, you know, in my mind, even now, I'm like, come on, man. Am I just on a diet? Am I just going through the motions? Is this just a thing that, like a thing that I picked up that I just stayed tight to to be out of the food and manage life? And then I look back at where I was at. You know, I, I my diagnostic, diagnostician mind that I have, what changed? What did I do different? How come for 40 years I could never do it? How come for, like, 25 years, I I couldn't deal with, like, regular life issues? Like, regular things, not the most severe things. And now I'm getting through things that you, you could never imagine. And it's like, what did I do different? It was crawling into this program, a broken man. And I needed a spiritual experience to conquer This disease, not that I'm—it's conquered. But you understand, for it's predicated on living this way of life. Because I still got that little bit of agnostic in there. I'm a Jesus guy, and I'll pray with you and all that. But you know, when I stub my toe, you know, I'm crying. Why did this happen? I can't figure it out, and I doubt God. But when I look back to, to just the mess of what life was and where I'm at now. Even in imperfect circumstances of life, there's only one way I'm getting through. It's because I work these steps. I work 10, 11, and 12, and I'm developing, trying to perfect the deal, work at it every day to get closer to God. And I'm trusting God more, and I'm surrendering more, and that's the reason why I have anything. That's the reason why I'm on the phone here. That's the reason why, you know, I could... uh, I don't know, that I'm existing, to be to be frank with you. I know that I'm not trying to be over dramatic. It's just what it is. What changed? It was this, this way of life. And it's not just something I picked up. This is how God is present to me through, through you know, 10, 11, and 12, working with people, doing service, getting out of rust. And so that's what I was getting at with that spiritual experience. I got to develop it, so but I do have doubts, but then I look back, how can you have doubts? All right. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. God bless.
0: Thank you so much. Russ M. from Pennsylvania. Okie dokie. Danielle O.
1: It's your turn. Followed by Phil M. Please go ahead. Danielle.
16: Good morning, everyone. This is Danielle O. from New York. Uh... I used to hear a, a speaker say I am a, let's say in this case, a compulsive overeater, whether I'm eating or not. In his case, it was um, alcohol. But when I think about that phrase that he said, I used to argue in my head, "How? why would you think you're, you're like a compulsive overeater when you're not eating and you're not compulsively overeating? And for me, it took this much time in program. Um, I came first came into the rooms in 2008 and stayed abstinent for quite a while, lost a lot of weight, and then um, decided to go back out, and I don't know if I decided, it's, it's what happened. But there was a lot of very amazing things that happened in that five years, even though um, the weight of, of uh, compulsively overeating became a bigger issue. A lot happened, and I remember um, a lot of times I would I would be so amazed at what God was doing for me in other places of my life, and I always and I always gave credit where credit was due, right, right to God. But I I certainly sat there thinking I could handle this and I'm okay and I'll, I'll everything will be okay, and it wasn't. So even though I was gaining a, a closer relationship with God through the through the last five years in in the most amazing ways. I didn't I didn't stop overeating and I couldn't battle this disease by myself and that was the truth. So when I finally came back just twenty eight days ago, twenty seven days ago, um, I was really um humbled by the fact that I recognized that I just needed more help. I needed the help of people, I needed the help of the program in all its ways, and just to be accountable and the more disciplined I am, the more that allows God to work in me so that, you know, it's not, uh, you know, um, distracting me from what he really wants me to be. Uh, I believe that I'm supposed to be um, not only abstinent, but also being able to help others. And I, I do that in my profession, but I also find that I it's going to be a, a, an important piece when I am um, sponsoring. And I know that's not too far away, but um, a day at a time, I'm, I'm just grateful that I'm, I'm here, that I'm staying, that I don't have anywhere else to go, and this is it. This is where I'm most at peace. It's revealed to me every day just how good that is. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that. It's very simple. Uh, and my life is very simple, and I love it. Um, and I just have to remember that. And I don't want this to be about anything other than what his grace and glory is for me today. So I mm-hmm. want to know. I love it. So, thank you everyone for being
0: here today. Have a good day. Thank you so much, Danielle O from New York. Okay, Phil M, you got it. Go ahead.
17: Oh, thank you so much for your service, and thanks to everyone who's here in service or just turning up because that's service as well. My name is Phil. I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater from Carrick Fergus in Northern Ireland. And um, it's powerful to start this chapter. Uh, my son. We've claimed to be a, an atheist, um, my daughter, an agnostic, um, uh, my daughters, and I kind of worried about them, but I realized, you know, that the adventure into an understanding of God is is a lifetime journey and, you know, then beyond uh, when it will be revealed. Um yeah, I I just need a closeness with God which I didn't have whenever I was younger. I, it was a terrifying God who was meant to be loved, but who would also uh contemplate the enemy the hell. But so my experience of being a, a parent and um a grandmother is that I would not put my children's finger for one second in the fire to teach them any kind of a lesson. So I believe that God, uh, now who I I I call love, is um you know, unwilling to do that, you know, too. that um, uh, anybody else can believe what they want to, absolutely, that's just my thoughts. Uh, and so that freedom from a fear of hell has been incredibly amazing. Yes, uh, the, the food brought me to hell, it certainly did. If, uh, when eating, uh, I found I had little control over the amount i take, I had no control. I had none. Sometimes I would go into the shops with, you know, say three pounds, about 5 or $6 and uh, say, I'm not going to spend any more than this. It was amazing the amount of junk you can actually buy with that, you know. And if that wasn't enough, then I would go out again and get more. And this was against my will. I did not want to be doing it. I honestly wanted to stop. And so many mornings I get up and said, this is the morning I'm going to sort it. And I would go down into the kitchen. The first thing I would see would be in my mouth. There would be no thought. There'd be no pause, nothing. Now the miracle is that I've, I've got stuff in for the coming holidays, you know, uh, my granddaughter has, has a piece, big bar of chocolate, soap open, it hasn't been finished and that would not have been allowed to sit there for two seconds when I was in the food. So miracles do happen, whether we, we define God this way, that way, anyway, whether we, we doubt that God's here or believe that God's here, it doesn't really matter. You know, it, it's not important. I don't think God has an ego or mind at all, how we perceive her, him, whatever. Um, just loves us, just loves us to bits. And I needed to know that before I could put down the food because I was going to rebel against the God who needed me to be out of the food. You know, I don't believe that God needs me to be out of the food to love me. And that was very, very, very precious. And it's very precious to be here and to hear these wonderful shares. Thank you all very much for being here with that past.
0: Thank you so much, phil M from Ireland. Okay, we have uh,
1: about two and a half minutes for a last share. Who would like to take us out? Time for one more person.
18: Hi, this is Pamela from Pennsylvania. All right, Pamela, please go ahead. Yeah, thank have you. You um, minutes. Yeah, I got you. Thank you. Um, my name is Pamela. Um, I just feel for what I've been is that um, this disease could be um, a very scary time, but, you know, some days, like yesterday, it was more calmer. Um, and because I just stick with the program, and sometimes I be a little maybe distant, or sometimes I' nerve it around trigger food, or sometimes I mood swing, whatever. So it's not easy. Sometimes be around me if you don't have this disease. So I thank God for my partner. Um, but it um it could be very you could be doing so well, then suddenly the one thought uh eating something that you're supposed not to eat, just take over your mind, and you might, you know, you might bend and lose your recovery that you weren't hard for. So every day <laughs> it had been easy having this disease. I did try, um, you know, um, realize the positive of being in recovery. Uh, it, I don't think I'm calm, but there is a different a spirituality around me when I'm in recovery. I'm more focused. I'm more open to other, to my partner, and I'm I'm really like the consequence of being in recovery. I'm losing the weight, of course, the physical confidence, is amazing, but even the spiritual. I just feel closer to God when I'm not into the junk. And I'm I'm just feel so blessed today. I'm doing what I need to do. It's gonna be a lot of my boys and family coming over. I want to be present. I want to be my recovery mindset. And I I'm little thank you. I, I was a little anxious about the gym this morning, but anyway, thank you to let me share today. I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Pamela from Pennsylvania. Okay, I'd like to thank everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second, another second unrecorded, awesome unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing of this hour. Our share ID for today, Tuesday, November twenty second, two thousand and twenty two, seven a.m. Eastern Time meeting is nineteen thousand six hundred and sixty two. That's one nine six six two. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Vanessa G. please read a vision
19: for you? Hi, Amy. This is Vanessa G., recovered compulsive overeater in New Mexico, page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will disclose more to you and to us constantly.